Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for Easter Sunday. Uh, this is, uh, what is it this year? April 21st is, <laughs> is the actual date. Uh, we're coming to you not live from Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, uh, if you have, uh, if you're listening to this and haven't listened to our Holy Week podcast that came out uh, the day before, uh, we encourage you to to listen to that uh, uh, before listening to Easter to get the full experience. But it's not a requirement for sure, uh, just as it's not a requirement to listen to us at all. <laughs> but we appreciate you not not being required to and yet doing it. Yes, exactly. But uh, but yeah, it's finally we're finally done. Uh, Lent is over. Uh, the crucifixion has occurred. The resurrection is upon us, and uh, that is what we are celebrating, the fulfillment of God's promise to us of overcoming death and, uh, uh, and, and bridging that gap uh, uh, between us. Opening new life to all humanity. Fantastic. Well, this, uh, this, this podcast is underwritten by Jesus Pieces. Oh, no. <laughs> this Easter, when you're tolerating your in-laws and trying not to yell at your nephew to slow down and stop pushing the other children, Colin... Just relax, take a breath, and enjoy the all-new Easter candy, Jesus Pieces. Chocolate-coated peanut butter candy made just for Easter. And I swear, it's not just repackaged Reese's Pieces because our candy has a J on it. (laughs) Jesus Pieces, for all your Easter candy needs for the kids in your life who probably shouldn't be getting any more candy. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I'm almost speechless. Almost. <laughs> but never all the way. Just... Sacrilegious? Too much? Uh, no, not too much. Just, yeah. Uh, no, I won't go where I was going to go. <laughs> there, 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 are some, there are some prominent uh, uh, secular comedians who have uh, better, uh, uh, more sacrilegious That's jokes true. about, about uh, uh, Easter candy. But, yes. Uh, uh, real quick, uh, completely as an aside, uh, um, I've always been fascinated with uh, with with this story. Why uh, why an Easter bunny, Father Bruce? Like why do we where do we get the the correlation of of uh, Christ's resurrection and hunting for eggs hidden by a rabbit? Well, for once, I'm comfortable not knowing. <laughs> for once on this podcast, Be- and and because no one knows for sure, and that's pretty clear. But mm-hmm. the speculation that probably has some validity is. That Easter is the day of it is set by the uh, seasonal calendar by the mm-hmm. sp- spring equinox, mm-hmm. and the sight of baby bunnies running around in the fields is a typical uh, sight in the springtime within mm-hmm. Europe and mm-hmm. North America. And so there's this association between rabbits and spring. There's a there's the tradition that rabbits are very fertile, and so part of the celebration of spring is the fertility of the earth once again being expressed and food being provided by God. It's a very, it's still a very odd combination. Hugely. Uh, um, um, rabbits also don't lay eggs. True. <laughs> and, part- and there's definitely not candy in them. <laughs> if they did. Boy, would that be a popular <laughs> pet then? Oh, mm. Got some more. Candy. Yeah, and those rabbits would be allowed to, to breed <laughs> like rabbits do, and that'd be just fine with all of us. <laughs> um, more candy. And I believe the that the 
there's evidence, well, I know there is evidence, I believe it's the strongest evidence, that the egg tradition came out of uh, what's now Russia, that there is a, that you know a, more about this than you let on, I think. I, but no one knows for sure. It's it's shrouded in uh, oral traditions and sure. family traditions, that sort of thing. But um, probably within current day Russia, there were traditions of exchanging or gifting people with decorated eggs mm-hmm. as a sign of spring fertility, as a sign of new life, and a sign therefore of the resurrection of Jesus. Okay, and that. Um, in the United States, particularly with all of our wonderful different international traditions coming to North America from around the world, the Eastern European tradition of eggs and wherever the heck the bunnies came up got put together into our current commercial um, structure of eggs right. and bunnies, I, I, both I, being chocolate in the best form. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, the... Um, um, the other thing I think is is fair to point out is that uh, a lot of our a lot of our um, religious traditions have also been married over the years with uh, uh, non-religious events. Right. Uh, so so it's quite possible there was some kind of pagan slash um, yeah you know, non-Christian non-Jewish tradition around rabbits and spring festivals that. Christian churches incorporated into right. their practices. When we were when, when when Christianity was on a tear through the uh, th- through through the, uh, um, the 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 world, uh, one of the one of the reoccurring themes seems to be like, oh, you're celebrating this holiday. We celebrate it too. <laughs> uh, this you know this what is, day is this it? is the this is yeah. What day is that again? And that's right that we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior on this day. Right. You know that's uh, right. how how about that? Funny funny. Funny, uh, funny. You should mention uh, uh, because as as a as as a uh, um, sweeping force, and at the at, at a period of time where a lot of these traditions did start, it was more uh, there was more forcefulness of of Christianity in some of these areas uh, well, as they came in, and and they didn't want to you know it easier to to convert people with things that they already knew and were comfortable with. Well, but there's also the the reverse of the force issue is if you're sharing the gospel in a in the way I think we should be mm-hmm. of through relationship through <clears throat> kindness through love then it's even easier to respect the traditions you're encountering mm-hmm. and incorporating them um, or Christianizing them uh, as I say incorporating them into Christian practice or theology mm-hmm. so it's it's also possible that as as good faithful loving evangelists encountered rabbits in someone's tradition they said I can see that's really important to you so let's figure out how God's love can be revealed through this as it was right. revealed through Jesus Christ okay we'll make chocolate bunnies yeah, yeah <laughs> rather than it being at the tip of a sword which I think you're kind of implying yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay I mean there's plenty of you know raspberry cream filled options there but just a little too on the nose for a chocolatier okay <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah okay well enough about the bunny because uh, right. that's obviously not the point right <laughs> um, so uh, this year uh, our first reading then comes from there's a lot of I think it's first uh, uh, fair to point out just in case you're you're listening and you don't attend Holy Family uh, but attend a different church you might have very different readings on this Sunday yeah. uh, even if uh, you have a if your church follows along the same uh, liturgical calendar because there this is a Sunday where there's options right like we'll end up this the gospel reading is the same uh, there's no well, even, options on that even uh yeah Isn't it? yeah john and luke are our options 
Um, well, okay. So yes, there are options on all yeah. three then. Yeah, there's there, yeah, there's options abound. Yeah. So yes. we, we might be touching on three verses that if you don't attend Holy Family, then uh, you might get completely three completely different uh, um, um, uh, readings, and you might be over three in your in your church service where we cover as to what we cover on this we, podcast. We apologize for that. But yeah, hopefully we'll still say some meaningful. Things. I don't apologize <laughs> uh, because I didn't make the decision. It's a, that's the, the guy across the table here from me. <laughs> Um, but hopefully we'll say things that are still meaningful. It's still it's still the Bible. It's still verses. They're right. still good intentioned. Uh, so so we'll, we'll let's dive into them. Isaiah is the first reading that we are going with. Uh, Isaiah sixty five verses seventeen through twenty five. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth and one who falls short of a hundred years will be considered accursed. Shall, they shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit, they shall not plant, and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, or bear children for calamity, for they shall be offspring blessed by the Lord, and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. But the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. Thus says the Lord. So this is, um, we've had a lot of readings from Isaiah over right. the past uh, several weeks. So so the reoccurring theme, uh, Jerusalem keeps uh, popping up here. I'm assuming that this is um, in reference to your experience, your the, the audience that this is written to at the time. Mm -hmm. Your experience with Jerusalem is one of, pain and suffering and and rebuilding and destruction and and this uh i'm giving you this prophecy of of it will not always be this way we're right. creating something new it's going to be better than what we've experienced uh, uh before uh it's going to be implying a little bit more eternal um um implies a, a little less earthly uh i don't know as if the the intended readership necessarily pick up on that because it still uses uh, a lot of uh, earthly uh, metaphors, but it does seem to kind of imply this is more discussion of like heaven rather right. than earth. Well, both um, actually a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. It's very much, this is one of those passages that it'd be very easy to imagine that we don't have scriptural evidence of it, of it being part of Jesus's library. Okay. And we know he, he repeatedly refers to the book of Isaiah. So it's very likely that uh, he had this me literally memorized. Mm -hmm. And so when he would... As, as do I. Well, you probably... Actually, hopefully point. parts of it seem more uh, familiar than others. So parts of this is our, 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 our songs, being in the choir. Uh, I yeah, recognize a lot, of, uh, a, lot of, a lot of words for songs. And that's it. it's the closing song of the entire book of Isaiah. 
Yeah. So the, this is the theme music. So is this is this like the this is uh this is uh, right before the curtain call of the, yeah. Of, of there's the book. one more chapter after chapter sixty five. Very interesting. So and, this is the final number, and it is written as a song, and so it's very appropriate that you as a choir member recognize some of these verses. Mm -hmm. Though the um, lion shall, shall lay down with the lamb and that sort mm -hmm. of thing occur also in earlier in Isaiah in chapter eleven. So the particular composer may have been referring to that, but this is. The culmination of Isaiah's theology, of the promises that Isaiah is trying to communicate to the people of God from God. Mm -hmm. And it really is so close and perhaps even identical to Jesus' preaching about the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Of it being the connection, the intertwining, the almost can't see the line between heaven and earth. Yeah, And that that's mm -hmm. what... Jesus repeatedly preaches about when he preaches about the kingdom of God. And here Isaiah is painting a very, very similar picture. Mm -hmm. And particularly the parts about planting and building houses and all is are signs of war no longer existing. Because gotcha. the way you usually lost your crops, the way you usually lost your houses is by being conquered by a foreign army and them taking over your property. Right. Or, or literally destroying it. You're gonna, you're, you're, what you build, you will inhabit, not someone yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, it does, it does have a very, uh, I, I like the line. I'm not entirely sure if it has a additional meaning, but I do like the line, uh, um, um, bear children, shall not bear children for calamity. Yeah. Which is, uh, there's a lot of calamity in my house, so I have a feeling. <laughs> I've, okay, let's I'm not, make this shallow. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I'm not living, no, I'm, I'm not living this out. <laughs> That was the whole purpose. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, this this really does refer to the slaughter of children in wartime. Mm -hmm. That's one of the ways, unfortunately, to this day, conquering armies keep a people conquered is by killing off the next generations. Right. So that there literally is no one to rise up against them. That people won't age into being of fighting age. Yep. Um, and so in that way, it's, it's another image from Isaiah of peace. Mm -hmm. And as we've said before, when we've looked at Isaiah passages, these are being written for people who are returning uh, from captivity in Babylonia and returning mm -hmm. to uh, Jerusalem particularly, which has been destroyed right. in war. And so this is to encourage them that they should rebuild, they should replant, they should reproduce because they will experience peace. Mm -hmm. um, we think both Isaiah at the time and ourselves today are supposed to see it more cosmically and eternally, but there really was the short-term advice of have hope and return home and start your lives anew. Mm. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's interesting that as that that promise is written and rewritten and re-referenced throughout the gospel, um, in a way, sadly, it while there have been peaceful times, it hasn't really fully... Still hasn't been fulfilled. <laughs> fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah, we're still not there. And that's why one reason it's important for us to Christians to take a extremely long view about the existence of this world. Mm -hmm. Because, like you said, we, we haven't come close to experiencing this. So that tells us that we may be only at the, the very opening chapters of the existence of the human race. Hmm. That God has a much deeper and uh, different view of what our lives should be than what we're experiencing. So we, you know, we're 2,000 years roughly since the 
time that Jesus, Jesus walked on earth, we may be only one one-hundredth into the lifespan of Christianity before the end of the world, or thousandth or millionth, and we need to take care of the world appropriately. And that sense of humility, I think, is a, is a healthy approach. Uh, right. Not believing that we have it all figured out is probably one of the first good steps towards a relationship with God. That that God might know something we don't. Right. Is, uh, I think that's a healthy, <laughs> a healthy view. Humility uh, is crucial. Uh, and, and in a way, uh, I, I like to uh, uh, liken the relationship between God and his people uh, the same way, uh, in a parenting way. And just like as a parent, uh, we would like our children to think and believe... Yes. I might know something that you're not aware of yet. Right. <laughs> you know, please trust me on this. Uh, when you're two and I tell you don't touch that because it's hot, uh, it's not because uh, uh, I'm demanding uh, 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 obedience and authority. It's because there are concepts that you're not ready for and can't understand as to this is the reason why I yeah. don't want you to touch it because it's hot. <laughs> well, and to a more concrete example is I uh, saw a grandparent watching their probably three-year-old doing this dance move and that ended with them throwing themselves on their knees on the floor and the grandparents saying, you don't want those knees in 70 years. Take right. better care of them. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a, we, there, there, there are things you do not know yet, child. Yeah. And, and take a long-term and, perspective. And, and uh, I think God still says that to us today. Yes. Child, there are things you, do, you don't over know and, and you are not ready for. Yeah. Um, uh, so, um, yeah. All right. Well, then, uh, anything else? Moving on to Acts? Let's move on to Acts. Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 43. Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to, that, to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses, and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So, um, obviously Peter speaking. Right. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Book of Acts, for clearing that up so that <laughs> I don't have to ask a super stupid question. Um, but, um, um, First, I think it's interesting, um, where was that? Um, it was interesting to me, um, in verse 38, uh, the, this book is, is talking about um, being oppressed by the devil. There's, they, they, just because we've had a lot of conversations about um, being careful as to pointing the blame Mm -hmm. uh, when was Acts uh, written? Because it makes me wonder if, like, a, uh, they're they're healing all who are oppressed, not not by the oppressors, but it was the devil. It wasn't it wasn't the Romans, <laughs> right? That, no, that that's a very good question. It was probably there's 
a presumption that seems very accurate mm-hmm. that the book of Acts was written by the same author as the Gospel of Luke and written with the expectation that they would be read side by side mm-hmm. or sequentially, better way probably to put it. Uh, so it's it's probably earlier even than the book than the Gospel of John. Okay. So falls somewhere in the um, late first century. Um, John roughly written around the year ninety. Mm-hmm. So uh, Luke and Acts probably written in the sixties. Okay. I'm sorry. Probably in the seventies. Seventies. The destru- after the destruction of Jerusalem. Right. But very very close to it. Uh, to the destruction of Jerusalem and the scattering of um, the Jewish people and the destruction of the Jewish hierarchy and authority figures. So uh, one of the interesting things, so that's about when it was written in terms of being oppressed by the devil. That was language that was um, refers to the many healings that Mm -hmm. Jesus did that often had very symbolic meanings, but it was a shorthand for the people who read the gospel we could say, oh, yeah, yeah, there was this time, this time, this time that Jesus um, dealt with demons or um, otherwise seemed to be dealing with those supernatural forces that we could not understand. Mm-hmm. But it was not necessary. It was not the wrestling with the devil kind of imagery that um, a good horror movie might have mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. current day. I also, uh, I, I, uh, one of the other parts of this um, um, section that, that jump out to me is uh, 42, which is a good, uh, uh, verse 42, is, which is a good thing for us to keep in mind, I think, even today, as we've talked about mm-hmm. uh, what these, what these uh, um, chapters and verses have uh, meaning for us 2,000 years later. Uh, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he, meaning Jesus, uh, is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. Kind of a reminder of... That's not your job. Just right. don't forget. Right. And and for us today, that's not our job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, they, and they were living in a time, as I think we do as well, where judging others was very popular. Mm-hmm. There were all sorts of people that were willing to judge others, some with authority, some without. Mm-hmm. And as we uh, saw in at least a couple of gospel stories, there were sort of um, vigilante justice groups certainly willing yep. to throw someone over a cliff as in the story of Jesus. Right. Um, so yeah, we know judging others was a huge aspect of society at the time of Jesus. And yeah, there's this warning of don't do it. Yeah. Just yeah. don't do it's, it. It's just, which we still don't. Eat. It's just, right. It's, it's just not what we are called to yeah. do. People aren't even willing to suspend judgment and blog repos, repo, <laughs> replies. <laughs> right. No, that's true. That's true. Um, Anything else about this uh, this this chapter or this verse uh, here in Acts? Um, there was something. I'm trying. Oh, um, that one of the the key meanings of this passage is around Peter saying yes to preaching the gospel to Gentiles to mm. non Jewish people. Mm-hmm. That this follows some earlier events in the within the book of Acts where Peter was against the um, mission of the Apostle Paul, uh, who wrote many of the letters in the Bible, to people who were not Jewish. And mm-hmm. Peter was saying, no, this is only for people who are first Jewish. And there was, even within early Christianity, 
uh, a sequence of basically first you become Jewish, right. and then you begin to worship Christ. Here it's Peter saying, no, God shows no partiality. Right. We're all welcome to be Christian. So that's a, that's a good point because uh, it kind of did strike me uh, the exclusive language that was in there. But when you, when you think of it, in a, it or when you read it again in a larger context, you, you realize what he was, that's what right. he was trying, trying to say. To open things God up. raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses. I recognize that that's the sentiment. Right. And who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. That's exclusive. Just us. But he commanded us to preach to the people. Yeah. This is the outgoing. This is the. the, the so even though it seems as though it's an exclusive experience, the command wasn't this is for you and for right. you alone. While I may appear to a few, you are now charged with carrying this out and, and to sharing this to everyone. All. Right. 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 Okay. Well, very good. Yeah. Uh, then moving right along, we're going to go into, uh, the, the resurrection story in Luke, mm -hmm. correct? Chapter four, or four, 24. I was going to say, it's a little early. A little early. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, uh, Luke, uh, Luke, uh, uh Benjamin buttons his, the, the, the storyline and, and works backwards. <laughs> this is Christ saying, how did I get here? Yeah, I say, what? <laughs> you may be wondering what brought me to this one. Um, so Luke 24 verses one through 12. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, mother, the, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up, and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. So there's a lot of impl implications uh, uh, woven, I think, in between these verses. Right. Um, so uh, um, what was the first one that I had thought of? Uh, one, I, I very much like the uh, that, again, uh, and we've talked about it before, that, that people, even though they were according to the Gospels, told plain as day what was going to happen. Right. They didn't understand. And it takes uh, what I believe must are probably angels. Right. It's implied right. that they're they're, that they're they're heavenly in some way, shape, or form, but they are not Jesus themselves. And I, right. and I know that we can uh, delve into this, uh, the differences between the Gospel and we can in a second, but um, it takes them reminding the people going to the tomb, hey, remember, remember that one time? <laughs> several times when Jesus said, this is what's going to happen. And we're here on the third day. Mm -hmm. Do you get it? <laughs> Do you know where we're at? Uh, oh yeah. You know, was uh, that today? <laughs> is that today the third? Um, but uh, uh, as far as implications go uh, that, that are hidden meanings that, that aren't expressly said, uh, they go back, they say this to the 11, mm -hmm. not the 12. Judas is one missing. is gone. Right. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, um, 
but I, but uh, the, the other implication at the tail end of the story is even Peter thought that this was an idle tale, but only the, the, the way that the story is written, only Peter was curious enough to it, like, I gotta go see this, mm-hmm. and runs to go look for himself. Uh, uh, so this is, this is our, our first real doubting Thomas. Uh, like, I don't believe your story, I gotta go see this for myself, and uh, runs to the tomb. Uh, and sees for himself and is suddenly amazed like hey those ladies weren't lying to me yeah <laughs> and you know i had not thought of that before but yeah it's very much like doubting thomas yeah mm-hmm. yeah who occurs in the gospel of john so yeah this, this could be the luke version of that mm-hmm. so um um as far as the differences let's delve into the differences of the different gospel readings a little bit uh, okay because, settle in this will take hours <laughs> okay all right but uh well well let's let's but at we least won't do it that one. so one of uh, I'm trying to. One of the gospel readings implies that it's Christ who comes. Is, is, is that right. not, or that Christ appears, but they didn't recognize him? Am I thinking of this correctly? In the Gospel of John, okay, um, Christ appears to Mary Magdalene, okay, and she mistaken him for a gardener. Yes, because that's who right. else would be in the garden? Right, right, um, right, right, so right. Mistakes him for a gardener, and there's a, there's a beautiful interplay between the or conversation between the two of them. And once Jesus calls her by name, Mm -hmm. no small subtlety there, she recognizes who he is. Gotcha. So it's Mary and it's like, oh. And so obviously that's a wonderful image for any Christian. And sure. When Jesus calls us by name. We recognize who Jesus is. So why is why the difference? Like the, the, one would think that you know this is a pretty big deal. Why is there you know such disparity between like you know one is just Mary, one is a group of uh, of women heading to the tomb, uh, uh, one is Jesus speaking to to, to the person, the other is uh, uh, you know robed angels or implied robed, robed angels that are that are speaking to them. How you know? Well, there's. I think it's one of those lessons from God to us that there, first of all, is no single way of experiencing the resurrected Christ, mm-hmm. that every one of us will experience the resurrected Christ in our own lives in a way unique to us. That's part of how God gifts us in our spiritual journeys. Mm-hmm. Second dimension is a practical one that this was such such a humongous event. Mm-hmm. I like heard of it. I like the made up word. Go for it. I love it too. Unheard of in the history of people that there were going to be as many tales, not tales, that sounds like I'm saying a fiction. There are going to be many, as many accounts of what took place as there were people who heard about it. Mm -hmm. That this is not something someone's going to forget. Right. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot. There was a guy who was resurrected once. But instead, everyone's going to remember it. And as it gets talked about and talked about and talked about, there might be variations that occur as the stories are very carefully told to one another right and there's also the dimension of as time has passed within different christian communities who are not in close proximity to each other so cannot compare notes different aspects of the of the accounts of jesus's resurrection became important so the gospel that came out of the community of Luke, Mark, Matthew, John, each one would have treasured, just treasured, certain dimensions of the resurrection story and therefore perhaps even unintentionally forgot the other pieces or maybe had never heard them. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and I should point out, none of the theologies in conflict with one another. 
right. that the meaning stays the same across the four Gospels, even if the particular circumstances are described differently. Very interesting. Yeah. No, that's a good, that's a, that's a very good point. Uh, do you want to, um, the message of, uh, uh, Christ and, uh, his, his, uh, appearance on earth has, he appears to lots of uh, different people in different ways. Um, but it is interesting. It strikes me as interesting that, uh, in many cases, in most cases, it occurs to the least. Uh, right. Uh, uh, it, 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 they, right. They pick somebody who uh, he or he chooses to appear, or God even chooses to appear uh, throughout you know the the books of the the even the Old Testament to somebody. It's a lot of times not necessarily the most powerful and the most obvious That's choice. Right. Uh, it's a uh, it's it's to the least, and it's that kind of plays out in this gospel reading. That that uh, first of all, uh, you know, shame on like. It, it, can I even say shame on the men for not wanting to go to his tomb? Like, why is it? Sure, like, you why can say it, that. <laughs> why is it? Uh, you know, why is it the, the the women who are you know faithfully attentive and and intending to go and, and taking and, the risk and taking the risk and and where are the where are the where are the yeah. chickens? Where 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 are those the, those guys who spent it at, at least it implied throughout the the, uh, the the readings in the gospels who clearly spent more time with him or at least it's implied that way that they were they spent more time than 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 the women did certainly Um, spent at least as much time right and and so uh uh they're the ones who are who are um uh risking uh everything and going and and caring about what happens to his body and and intending to bring spices to 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 uh to leave a floral scent and and to to pay respect Mm -hmm. and when they come back, uh, they're not even believed. Right. You know? and it, I, it, it's an interesting phrase, an idle tale. Thought that it was yes. an idle tale. Uh, um, and uh, um, clearly only convinced one of them to even bother to check it out, uh, mm-hmm. which and is interesting. Actually, in some among the earliest texts of the Gospel of John, there are some of them that leave out that verse, hmm. that, that leave out Peter... Um, Getting up and running to the tomb and going into the tomb and seeing it was empty. Um, that it's so it's possible that even then the earliest versions of the Gospel of Luke, there's not even that redeeming feature. Yeah, uh, Mary, the mother of James, James the Apostle, right? Right, right. So she couldn't even convince her own son. Yeah, I <laughs> thought of that. You're right. <laughs> Mom, be quiet. We're the men here. We know what's going on. Mom, oh. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's he died, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think he would have? Yeah, he would have been here first. Yeah, yep. and it's interesting. One of they're very. I think poets do this better than theologians. But the speculation of you know, what if Jesus had appeared in the temple in as this first resurrected form to the mm. to where the the powerful were. What if Jesus had shown up in Pontius Pilate's palace in resurrected right. form right wouldn't that been a says, in your face it says the pontius pilot nice try right <laughs> <laughs> and pr- probably pilot would respond by crucifying a thousand people to show right. he's still boss right um but yeah he you're completely right that jesus chooses to appear to the least within any group that's described mm-hmm. yeah 
again that that thread the first shall be last yeah. and the, the the humbled shall be you know raised to a position of yeah. uh, respect and authority and and uh, and and it carries on through and when he appears to paul in the book of acts mm -hmm. paul at that point is completely an outcast from everyone the christians he had been he had been persecuting so they weren't mm -hmm. going to accept him right the people who had employed him to persecute Christians, we're not going to accept him any longer. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's a fascinating dynamic of how Jesus chooses to be manifest, who Jesus right. chooses to appear. And it comes in a way that it, uh, that you don't expect. It, yeah. it always always comes in a way that you don't expect. And like, uh, yeah, it, it, uh, uh, that, that would have been what they probably would have thought. Like, look, if he really was going to come back from the dead, he'd come... Probably like fly down from heaven with an army of angels and overthrow the Romans, and I'd know. Right. <laughs> Not this. I, hey, he's missing. Yeah. <laughs> I would get the tweet. Right. Exactly. And then I'd see it on he would have come. He would have said it to me. Right. First. He wouldn't have said it to you. Yeah, and that's kind of the theme within this story. As you said, he would have appeared to us first, not to you. Right. And nope, that's not how God works. Nope. And that's a, a big lesson for us today. Is often. The person who has the most God-filled words to say is the person who's the least within the group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else to say about this? I mean, he is risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh, we're gonna we're gonna unbox the A word here on, uh, on the, this week. That's that's exciting, right? Um, and uh, um, but uh, you made it. You made it through Lent. Uh, um, Celebrate Easter at eight and ten. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we'll have a. We'll also have a. Um, uh, Easter egg hunt. Yeah, with no uh, theology involved. The, you can the, just enjoy the it. The bunnies will have gone through and laid all their eggs. Uh, They'll uh, look like the youth group, but yes, the bunnies <laughs> will do that at after the ten o'clock service. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then and then you as as a as, as a as a priest maybe get to take a break and have a day off. Right. <laughs> I think a lot of times uh, uh, we as as parishioners or, or, or churchgoers uh, we don't uh, we don't uh, respect uh, or or appreciate often enough uh, what a tremendous task Holy Week is on uh, those who serve. Uh, so uh, uh, because I'm going to totally forget uh, to do it later uh, on behalf of everyone, thank you very much for for all that you give uh, during this this season because it is a this is kind of a marathon for for the clergy and for the you know for the altar guild and for you know right. the people who are readers it's so a, many volunteers it, make yeah, this happen it's a it's a, it's a lot beautiful it's a lot way. that goes on uh, and we do it together as a community but, uh, yeah, but it's you a team also sport. you also do shoulder quite a lot of the burden so uh, you d deserve you're going to accept our gratitude just to, uh, you're going to have to accept that so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i tend to deflect it <laughs> I understand. I'm the same way. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, one thing we forgot to mention is on Easter Day at 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. we have a brunch available to all. Yes. That's delicious and fuels us up for the 10 o'clock service. Absolutely. Uh, and 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 uh, uh, um, no yeah. reservations required. No reservations required. No, you don't have to bring something in order to participate. Right. You don't have to be a member. You don't have to have ever been here before. Right. Come on and have it's, some food and yeah. enjoy the time. It's, it's, that is just like the rest of the church, open to all. That's right. So uh, very good. Well, then uh, let's close that out and say that this was a, your podcast for April 21st, 2019, Easter Sunday. Uh, I'm Ben. Well, I just got to say one thing. No. 
Well, yeah, Easter sure. Sunday is a redundancy because Easter always falls on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am humbled. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm Bruce. <laughs> Uh, and we hope that you still join us uh, after this yes. and, and, and join us <laughs> next week. That's my snarkiness. As we, as we enter the, the season of post-Easter. Uh, it's still is, the Easter season. It's still the Easter season. Uh, <laughs> For 50 yeah. days. Yeah, 50 days. It's the long, what uh, is it, six weeks? Seven weeks? What is that? When does that come out to? I forget how many weeks it is. How many Sundays? Seven. Seven, seven Sundays. After, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we're looking forward to uh, sharing all that with you. And this, uh, uh, the, the joy does not uh, does not leave us after after Easter. It's right. Not, it's not uh, uh, solely to that season. We, we just enter a, a whole season of uh, of joy and Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's a great time. Yep. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.